0: The title for today is Knowing the Holy Spirit in Your Life. When I saw the title, I imagined all sorts of readings. And then I looked to see what the readings that were set were. And they're these. Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Just two verses. It's Jesus' baptism. As soon as Jesus was baptised... He went up out of the water. At that moment heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And then the next reading, uh, Colossians chapter one, verses twenty four to Well, I'm going on to 29. Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I've become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that's been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the saints. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labour, struggling with all his energy which so powerfully works within me. knowing the Holy Spirit in your life I thought how does that fit and I ended up with three points surprisingly but first of all three questions (laughs) the first one if nothing is going well in our lives does that mean the Holy Spirit is not in us and leading us well the answer is no isn't it Paul just talked about I rejoice in what Were suffered for you, and it goes on to talk about to this end I labour, struggling with the energy that Christ gave him. Jesus Himself, just after His baptism, was led out into the wilderness, where He fasted for forty days and was tempted and tested by the devil who questioned his very existence if you are the Son of God. You know. So if things are going wrong, that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit isn't in there with you, in your life, leading you. Well, if we don't speak in tongues, if we don't prophesy, if we don't stand out the front doing this, does that mean the Holy Spirit's not in our lives? Well again, clearly not. What did Paul say? Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? No, clearly not. So what do we need to reassure us that the Holy Spirit is in our lives if it's not things going well for us or having and being able to experience the, the gifts of the spirit that are given to some in all sorts of different ways well the three things that struck me uh, first our experience tells us so then more importantly God tells us so and equally to me other people tell us so our experience tells us so that The Holy Spirit is in our lives. Sometimes through special moments. Jesus, before all that temptation, saw a dove and heard a voice at his baptism. His Father saying to him, well, saying to everybody, this is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And we can look back on special times when we felt the nearness of our Lord and seeing him working in and through us. And we know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And I, I was coming this morning with one illustration in, from me and about that. And then this morning I got another, thanks to uh, Google Photos. Reminding me of what happened a year ago today. but um, And in fact, both incidents have something to do with Sally Grimes. The first incident happened on Thursday. It was something that Maggie and I sort of stressed about in a way. Tuesday was very, we expected to be even more stressful. There was an awful lot to organise. It was Ron's funeral. The committal was Tuesday. It was a fairly grim affair, quite honestly. Uh, it was, we had to go to Hainaut in a wheelchair taxi and Val was really physically uncomfortable and really not looking forward to what was going to get on when we got there. <coughs> Val's family, there was just Ron's ex-wife, or the actual wife, they never divorced, two of his daughters and a granddaughter and a husband. They were there, hardly able to speak to Val. It was simply really a committal service, a non-religious committal service, although it was actually led by a lay preacher who is a, a funeral minister, um, who would have... I spoke to him beforehand, and he was thrilled to know that Ron had given his life to the Lord, but he couldn't mention that. but He could say, I Jesus is with me. So Jesus is here with us. And then there was the trip back. And then still looking forward to Thursday. And Thursday developed amazingly. The day we were there, I felt we should sing Amazing Grace. And Maggie had said, wouldn't it be lovely if Sally could play? Hmm. And then Joan had said, If I can do anything, yes, I will. And then when we got there at Sunnymead, or Ian Moore suggested Sunnymead, much more intimate than being, you know, the few of us who were going to be there, could have been about 20 in the end, I think, um, were, you know, all just, just at the front in Perry Street. So intimate and lovely at Sunnymead. So Maggie came with Val in the taxi. I went down. Oh, and before that, Maggie and I had been to the church with um, with Liz Tullett to show us everything. We'd gone down when there was the sunny days on. I actually, saw Aileen there at the table playing Scrabble. And uh, she gave me the key to get in. And she was just saying, Look, it's your church. It's all part of Billy Rick Baptist Church. These are your cupboards, Maggie. Just open everything, look for what you want, anything you want. That was so beautiful. Then the Thursday morning came, or Thursday afternoon came. And Sally and Joan played together before the start of the service it was so inspiring it was wonderful and then we had the service and Sally and Joan played for Amazing Grace that lifted us so much and a wonderful thing happened it gets me sorry sorry Tom Mattis came in. I thought he was at college, so I had not asked him anything. But I would prepared the service so that I could just read it through. And I was to do the eulogy, read the service. Ian Moore was preaching. That was a wonderful thing that he'd said he would. Because it was Ian who led Ron to the Lord. And when I'd asked him, as soon as we knew, when I saw him at Perry Street, could he do it? He was, yes, of course. He was going to have a busy morning at the prison and he was gonna do it. But then Tom came in. And I went up to Tom and I said, Would you mind leading the service? It's all printed here. So he had a very short time to read it through and he led the service. It was he he led it wonderfully you would not have known that he'd only got to see the words a few minutes before. He made it personal, and he made it real. And then, there was the thing about some refreshments afterwards. Maggie had made a couple of cakes, Kim had brought some biscuits, Uh, we had a table, and then all of a sudden, there was Kim, with a tray, taking the coffees around. And Joy... No, not Joyce. And uh, Sue in the kitchen. Was, was it you, was it Joyce? Doing the washing up. Pam. No, sorry, Joyce, it wasn't you. It was Pam. Doing the washing up. Pam is one of the Friday morning Bible study group. And Val's bank manager was there, who was not a Christian. Val's grandson and his wife Claire, who were wonderful to Val, they were there, and they're not Christians. And Pam is a bit not quite sure where she is in it. And the gospel was preached in that service. And I was so moved. The Holy Spirit had brought everything together with all these different people for the sake of blessing Val, for blessing all of us, but I thought particularly of those who didn't know Jesus who were there sharing in the love of Christ that was being poured out and that was the Holy Spirit. So that was, I, I can look back to that, no. And those of us who were there can look back to that, no. The Holy Spirit was there in our lives there on that day. Jesus was there through the Holy Spirit and as we, did we sing it? We've already said it, Jesus is the same. Somebody prayed it. Yesterday, today and forever. He hasn't changed. And then uh, this morning my phone gave me a reminder from Google, rediscover this day. A year ago today Maggie and I were on holiday in uh, Aldborough, and we were going to visit Woodbridge. So that would be uh, well, I was already starting to feel the pain from the tumour. feeling a bit fed up with it, really. I thought it had all gone, now it appeared to be coming back. But it was all right. But we wanted to go somewhere nice, so we were going to Woodbridge, it seemed a long way off. I was getting a bit <clears throat> uncomfortable. We came to a traffic lights. Oh, there was time for me to turn right, and I thought it was, no, no, well, I thought it wasn't, and, and there was a car coming at me. I nearly killed us. You know, that was horrible. We got to the car park where I wanted to park. It was pay and display, that was fine. Well, there was the first bike we were going to. We didn't have to pay, but that was full. Went all around it, nowhere to pay. I had to go into pay and display. We didn't have any cash and he didn't take the card. I was getting really stressed, shall we say. Poor Maggie, she had to put up with me. I was in a terrible state really it was all my fault see i have mucked the whole thing up now we'd have to drive off somewhere else and find a car somewhere to park and we were driving up this road and I was thinking wherever we find a park up here we've got to walk all the way back down and I think Maggie Maggie was in pain at the time and uh, it's all my fault mucked it all up Bad up and you can't see all the pictures, are you? but we suddenly parked outside this place called, hang on, Setford Arms Houses. A beautiful building. I just lifted you to look at it. And then there was this little, little park thing we could go and walk down part of the way back into the place. And then when we got sort of towards the middle of Woodbridge. There was this lovely little, not quite a square, but it was near the town hall. And I saw just over there was the shop where Sally Grimes had got her first violin and she talked about it. And that brought us back, you know, to church and to all you. And that was lovely. And I also noticed we got to look at some shoes in a shoe shop. I took photos of them oh the Lord blessed us I'd been so miserable it was all my fault I'd mucked it all up I can look back on that at times when I still feel I'm mucking it all up I know that God is there even in that and he'd led us to this beautiful place that lifted us so that's Our experience tells us that we've got things to look back on and know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. Looking at this, I also thought the other thing that our experience tells us is that sometimes we find we've managed to get through. Paul talks about the struggles I labour struggling with all his energy which so powerfully works within me. He finds he's able to do it. You know, sometimes you think, you find you've been able to get through this thing. And Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to be one. He called alongside to help us. And the the verse, I mean, the way it's translated for us generally is comforter. And I, I need a cushion at the moment to make me feel comfortable. But that's not the meaning of the word, really, when um, it's talked about here. Which is my back. This gives the meaning of the word. This and the Bayer tapestry. There's a picture in the Bayer tapestry which... Got muddled up, otherwise, we could have had it on the screen, which is why you're running all this. I have a bloke doing this, and the caption says, Bishop Odo comforting his troops, because it's from French, conforte, to strengthen. And well, we say fort, fort is strength. Comforting is strengthening. The Holy Spirit strengthens us to enable us to get through. And Jesus said another thing. For this I need to borrow you. For a moment. Just for a moment. Again, I lost the picture that I was going to put up. Could you very carefully see if you could live this? Very carefully. Not really. Just about. Now try it. Much easier. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. I did have a picture of, of one big bullock and a small bullock yoked together. It's, you know, take my yoke upon you. We often think it's all us doing it all ourselves. Come to me all you who are laboured, you know, weary and laboured and heavy burden. Le- lean on me and I will give you rest. Let be yoked with me. Let me do the work. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. It's the Holy Spirit in our lives that enables us to get through because we've leaned on Jesus. So our experience tells us so. But really more importantly, God tells us so. Paul reminds us, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. And God does it by. God tells you you have the Holy Spirit in your lives. It's not possible to be a Christian without your Holy, the Holy Spirit in your lives. It's the Holy Spirit who brought you to Christ in the first place. For a long time, the church seemed to forget about the Holy Spirit. The Trinity seemed to be in many parts of the world Father, Son and Mary. And the Holy Spirit was out of it. And then the Holy Spirit, people realised this, this doesn't quite fit with the whole Bible. And they discovered that they could experience God in their lives Again and have a, a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And from my experience, at first I began to believe, yes, this is an essential thing. You had to have, in effect, two-stage conversion. You had to believe in Jesus and be saved, and then later on, you had to be baptized in the Spirit and in tongues to be complete. And that was my experience. I had an experience after I was converted and being prayed for. I suppose this and I didn't know it. And, and there was this amazing thing happened. And I was tingled all up through my started on my feet and went all the way up through my head. It was amazing. The power of God feeling it in me. And later on we were praying and I was kneeling down and we'd been praying a long time and I wanted to get out. You know, back in the seat. And I, I was sort of good uh, like this, went to get up from this position and somehow I was lifted up and back and into the seat. It was amazing. But then as I read the Bible more and more, I came to think, well, no, that was my experience of my baptism in the Spirit. I had the Holy Spirit fully from the moment I gave my life to Christ. I needed to have an experience to convince me of the truth. God works miracles in the lives of people with little faith. You see, sometimes we think you need to have great faith for God to work miracles in your life. Sometimes it's because we have little faith and God needs to convince us of the truth that is ours anyway. I know sometimes, yes, it's people with great faith that the Lord is able to do more things through. But so often it's simply having to believe him and he needs to convince us and he will do what's needed. He will work miracles in our life. And we can see them all around if we just keep our eyes open. God tells us the Holy Spirit is with us because Christ is in us. that That's what all of us, that is the mystery that has been waiting so long to be made known that the Holy Spirit of God was to be in all people, because Christ is in us, the hope of glory, now and forever. But the other thing is that other people tell us by point three, and our various readings point out that while G- when Jesus is somewhere, it is known about. Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house. Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him. And then when the Pharisees saw him there, eating with the tax collectors and they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Well, it's because he wants them to come to be saved. But they knew he was there in that house. And then a bit later, Jesus entered a house and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. people knew he was in that house one Sabbath when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee he was being carefully watched one day as he was teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law who come from every village in Galilee from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there and the power of the Lord was present with him to heal the sick some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house they knew Jesus was there in that house. And Mary took a pint of about, about a pint of pure nard and expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with his with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. That's a lovely so may the beauty of Jesus fill this place. You know, it, to me it's as if that fragrance fill in the house. It's the beauty of Jesus filling that house. Paul tells us that this gloriously rich mystery that he proclaims is Christ in you. And if Christ is in you, he will be seen. I was going to say it's the Holy Spirit's job to make him seen, but that sounds a bit too. (laughs) It's the Holy Spirit's delight and love and purpose to make Jesus known. And if Jesus is in our lives, he will be seen in us. We find that hard to believe about ourselves, but it's true. And people often say, you know, that poem, I looked it up, but I'm not going to read it in sort of Scottish. Oh, that some power the gift would give us to see ourselves as others see us. It's from a poem, Robbie Burns' poem, called, to a louse on seeing one on a lady's bonnet at church. And it ends up, it's mostly the way it was intended, to remind us not to get above ourselves. There was this posh lady, all, and she's a louse crawling about on her hat. She's not as... You know. But for most Christians I know, they need to take it differently. Most Christians I know don't believe, really, that other people can see Jesus in them. They think they're poor examples of what it means to be a Christian. They want to do better, but they're not very good at it. They can see Jesus in other people, but nobody can see Jesus in them. They're sure of it. Well, how can they know, really, unless someone tells them? Someone has to tell you. That was a blessing. You've helped me today. Oh, thank you for coming. So, really, we need to tell people when we see Jesus in them. The thing I said, uh, you know, the only little bit of preach I did at Bowers or Wrong's Thanksgiving service, was that Ron told everybody else how great his mum was. How much he loved her. He never told her. She would have loved to have heard it. He never told her. I don't know why. There was a culture at one time where, you know, oh, I think my son's wonderful. Of course, I wouldn't tell him that. Why not? I've known so many people brought down by the criticism of their parents who said they'd never amount to anything, or compared, I wish you were like your brother, and things like that. I don't know where that came from. It's a terrible thing. If you see something good in someone's life, don't worry about making them big-headed. Tell them. Tell them that you've seen Jesus in their lives. So my conclusion the way to know the holy spirit in our lives has got four l's as it happens learn and believe what god has said it's there in the bibles why he gave it to us learn and believe read it look back on your lives and remember what god has done and know that jesus is the same yesterday today and forever Listen to what God says to you about yourself through other people and give God thanks that they can see Jesus in you through the Holy Spirit. Just ask him to help you to make it to be more real. And then lean on him. Lean on Jesus. The Holy Spirit will use you more and more. The more we lean, the more we're able to do. Take my yoke upon you, he said. So now I'd like us to spend a little while, well, all of us in quiet, not just... First of all, spend a little while thinking of a time in your life when you've experienced something where you can say, I know Jesus was with me then. And thank him for it. Remembering that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. So let's just close our eyes. Think of something we know that he's done in our lives. Whoops. Thank you Jesus for that time when the Holy Spirit showed you, showed us that you were real in our lives Thank you that you are the same yesterday and today and forever. And what you were then, you are now. And think of something in the Bible that tells you that Jesus is in your life today. Thank him for it. And when you go back, read it again. Go back to that passage in the Bible that struck you once and let it strike you again. Thank you, Jesus, that we have the Bible written for us by people who through the Holy Spirit were inspired to speak the words to show you to us and to bring glory to our Father. And let's think of something in someone else in the congregation where you could see Jesus at work in them. Someone who helped or encouraged you. Thank him for them. And when you can, tell them. They may need encouraging as much as you. The importance of encouragement is it's mentioned 40 times in the New Testament. And we're told to encourage one another. So let's think of some way we can encourage someone else. To know that Jesus is in their lives. That the Holy Spirit has made him real. I thank you Lord Jesus. That from the first day that Maggie and I came down those steps in the corner. Right up until now we've been encouraged. By the members of this congregation in so many ways. that we're enabled to believe that you are in our lives. And because you are in their lives, they've enabled us and encouraged us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are working in the lives of everyone here by your Holy Spirit to bring glory to our Father to bring his kingdom into our lives and into the lives of the people around us, our neighbours, people we work with, and our families. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. It's got everything in it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth And the words were old-fashioned. We don't generally say thee and thou and thine anymore. But in a way, the very fact of praying it and saying it that way reminds us that we're one with the church from way back then. That Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. Amen.